This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome, everybody, to episode 77 of the Animaniacast. Hold it right there, fella. We've been looking for you. The statue is mine. It's mine. Mine, do you hear? I gotta tell you, that is the worst Peter Laurie I have ever heard. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series, Animaniacs. And here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Um, and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Let's get this show done so I can study for JIP parody. Yay! Yay! <laughs> That's right. It's big news, everybody. Kelly, uh, like I said to her online, the only thing she has to remember is that the, uh, the question, who is Ralph Cramden? Because <laughs> Kelly is going on to the, what is it, the audition stage for Jeopardy, right? Yeah, I, I passed the online test and I was selected to go to an in-person audition next month. And um, once, if if you pass that audition stage, then you're entered into a pool for the next 18 months where they may or may not call you. Um, so you're sort of sitting on pins and needles for a year and a half. But um, but I have done it before and obviously wasn't successful. So maybe this will be my chance. Uh, okay, so everybody out there, send some positive vibes out there in early, what is it, May 6th? Is May 17th. What? 17th. Oh, I was way off. May 17th. There you go. You know, whatever, wherever you are, you better be, you know, sending positive trivia thoughts to Kelly. <laughs> she's <laughs> Thank you. In her auditions. Because uh, that way we can see her win a million dollars on Jeopardy. And yeah, it'll be amazing. That'd be cool. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and uh, talk about today's episode. Today's episode is a really fantastic episode, and it features the following segments. This pun for hire, Star Truck, Go Fish, and the Multiplication Song. What would you uh, say about this episode in a few words? Uh, Nathan? I think it's a, it's a, a very funny episode. It's simple, it's breezy, it's fun, and it's easy. It's, it's good. I like it. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? It has Steven Spielberg in it. It does. <laughs> so it already, you know, it's going to be higher on the water tower scale right now based upon <laughs> that alone, you know, because <laughs> any Spielberg cameos is good stuff with Kelly, I'm sure. Totally. <laughs> well, uh, Nathan, before we get into our discussion, tell us, when did this episode first premiere? Oh, uh, so this episode premiered on Saturday, November 4th of 1995, uh, which was uh, one day after the debut of uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David. Uh, it was one day before the game site uh, GameFAQs debuted. 
that website. Uh, there was also one day before the attempted assassination of the Canadian Prime Minister Jean Chatillon. But he was saved when his wife locked the door. I don't know what that means. Uh, Howard Stern also released his second book, Miss America, which became the fastest selling book in the publisher's history. It was also, as Kelly uh, mentioned before the show started, uh, Ralph Macchiacho. Machiachos? How do you pronounce his name? Ralph Macchio. It was his birthday. He turned 34 this day. So happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I have Karate Kid on the brain because we watched it. Uh, the other day and um, in anticipation of Cobra Kai coming out, which they film in Atlanta. So I'm excited. Yeah. So you're, uh, you might just run into Ralph Macchio like at a Starbucks or something. One of these days, you never know. It's, it's, but well, the funny thing is when I was a little girl, like that was my dream to, to meet him and, you know, marry him. And then I realized he was way too old for me because I was in elementary school. So that wasn't <laughs> going to happen. Um, but I did meet him at Dragon Con a few years ago and, tried not to act like a total fangirl you try not to get a proposal that day when you met him <laughs> well you know he's already married so. oh, okay well okay <laughs> you didn't yeah. try you weren't a home wrecker then okay that's good nah. <laughs> <laughs> well uh guys let's go ahead and get into today to today's discussion because there are so many segments in this episode uh that uh, we want to get into it and not make it a two-hour episode because I, I think quite frankly it could because there's so much stuff to discuss um, before we do, Spielberg, I, Spielberg, for example, Spielberg, <laughs> but the, uh, it also had a really cool, um, variant verse right at the beginning, which was Nova Caney, Nova Caney. and it kind of looked like a marathon man or something like that with, uh, is it safe going on with Dr. Scratch and Sniff <laughs> screaming mm-hmm. with, uh, with a Nova Cane syringe close to him. Um, and one of the first things I thought of, which predates the movie, but was there was a Steve Martin movie called Novocaine, which I saw relatively recently. It was not one of Steve Martin's best films, but it's a dark comedy. Anyway, <laughs> Novocaine, nice, nice little variant verse. I don't know if you guys have anything to say about it, but it was there. Steve Martin's best film is the Muppet movie. Ah, yes. <laughs> Sparkling Muscatel. Um <laughs> Roxanne. I don't know. There's too many good movies from C. Martin. Dream Egos? I can't. My brain always goes to Muppets if it's not going to Spielberg. So. <laughs> well, my my dad and I, whenever we're at a family party, we always quote Steve Martin's line from the Muppet movie. Oh, you mad impetuous thing, it's champagne. Not exactly. Sparkling Muscatel, one of the finest wines of Idaho. Uh, uh, well, you may serve us now, please. Oh, may I? You know, <laughs> but uh, anyway, and and real quick, Kelly, you got to see. I, I'm shocked that you haven't seen Little Shop of Horrors because I, I'm I'm awful. I know you got it's. I think it's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. One of those things. It's definitely. This is one I've never. I don't know. I've just always missed it. Well, it's a Muppet sort of movie. <laughs> Yeah, well, directed by Frank Oz, who yeah. is awesome. Well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion right now of this pun for hire. And this pun for hire was written by Gordon Bresak, Charles M. Howell IV, Peter Hastings, and Tom Ruger, and it was directed by Adu Payton. So definitely this is a, a team effort right here with all these writers getting together for this pun for hire. 
And uh, Kelly, uh, tell us what happens here in uh, this pun for hire. It is a parody of uh, film noir. And so sort of brings back to mind uh, the Maltese Falcon and those kinds of movies, the dusky black and white films where the detectives in a fedora and a uh, beautifully dressed woman comes in needing desperate help. And he's all too eager to, to assist her, you know, damsel in distress, also known as femme fatale. Hello, femme fatale nurse. So Yakko is the detective and the siblings are his assistants. And I'm not quite sure why Doc has like fruit on her head other than all the references to the Tropicana dance club. Yeah. Or, I think, you know, I think it might've been something to do with Carmen Miranda and, you know, she was a, yeah, a popular dancer. And I, and I'm, I'm, and I'm so ill-versed in film noir films, but I'm assuming Carmen Miranda might have appeared in at least one or two, you know, film noir movies, perhaps. But. Possibly. I'm, uh, it's not my, you know, genre. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm not, it's not a Spielberg film. So <laughs> I don't know. I'm no expert either. So, uh, so anyway, uh, the nurse, hello nurse comes in and, um, not looking like a nurse. She's, she's got, uh, sort of old-fashioned looking clothes on and says that she needs help to find her boss. Isn't that what she says? He's her boss? Yeah. It's Dr. Scratch and Sniff, but for the purposes of this segment, um, she's trying to find him. And so the Warner siblings are on the case. Can you find him? Of course we can find him. Now about our fee. I'm prepared to pay well. Fine. We only ask one thing. What's that? Never put us on opposite 60 minutes. We'll get creamed. There was so much going on in this episode. Um, and of course, I know we'll get to the references and everything, but um, <laughs> it was it was very well written. I, I got a, a kick out of it and all the little nods to the genre and um, other films. And of course, well, we're not we won't get there yet. So <laughs> they um. They go to the club where she last saw him and start questioning Ralph the guard, who's actually a drum drummer, like a bongo drummer, I guess. Um, and then they slide down a, a, a trap door is, is set and they slide down a chute and find sort of a Jessica Rabbit wannabe. <laughs> Who actually, I think, is Minerva Mink. Yes. Hey, it's the bird from the photo. I'll take that. Hello, gorgeous mystery lady. Never mind that. Just give me the bird. We can't. This is a family show. Then, all of a sudden, gosh, I lost track of what happened next. Um, Who else comes in? Well, they all kind of congregate like at the very bottom of the this basement basically together to you know at the conclusion at the climax of the story right and they're, and they're they start fighting over the Mal the maltese pigeon which is maltese falcon pigeon whatever it's squid it looks like squid. yeah but yeah they all start chasing each other around basically ah, i've got it the mink is working for fox the para legs is working for paramount and the guy who needs rehearsal is working for universal Thank you, Dr. Seuss. Dr. Scratch and Sniff ends up with the falcon, but then he runs into a wall and smashes it. 
but it turns out he's really wanting the secret data that was hidden inside, so he doesn't even care that he broke the bird. They follow Scratch and Sniff, or, or you know, the camera follows Scratch and Sniff, and he goes and reveals who he's working for, which is Steven Spielberg, da, da, da. Jeffrey Katzenberg, and David Geffen, and talks about how you know refers to their new studio, their new studio. And this would have been about the time that the three of them joined together to create DreamWorks SKG for Spielberg, Katzenberg, and Geffen, and um, you know bring in their their uh, collaboration into the movie making mix. And I was so excited because yay, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> and um and then uh Yakko says, you know, that's the stuff that DreamWorks are made of, making a pun of the name of the studio, but also the end line of I think it's the end line of the Maltese Falcon. Who are those guys? The stuff that DreamWorks are made of. Harry. What is it? The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. But yeah, I mean, such, I mean, it says it right in the title right there. Everything right here was like a pun in this. And, and it was <laughs> zany. Like, I couldn't even keep, like, trying to remember going back. And I just watched the episode, like, right before the, we started recording. <laughs> I was like, I can't even remember what all happened. <laughs> People running around in the basement. Yeah, exactly. I watched it like three times. Uh, and actually, I, I enjoyed it a little bit more just with the audio, actually, because I could catch a lot of the gags a little a little better. And uh, I wasn't as distracted by the animation, which I thought at times was it wasn't bad, but it just definitely wasn't the best. It, it, I really feel like this mm-hmm. it, this cartoon kind of suffered with the quality of the animation that was coming out. Spielberg could have looked better. <laughs> well you know there are there are many many um you know different references to to stuff i mean obviously the the number one we've said was uh the maltese falcon but steven spielberg and steven spielberg <laughs> <laughs> dot uh dot does a, a cool little uh speaking of the of the words of uh, gypsies tramps and thieves uh by <laughs> talking about how she was born in a wagon of a traveling show and so, sister, what's your story? Well, I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Papa would do what it... Not you. And so that, I thought that was a, a cute little thing right there. Uh, of course, Wacko does not... Wacko, this is confuses Wacko. He's like, wait, when did this happen? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I like that that's, that's much that later, though. It's like a minute or two later, Wacko's like, I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> he just brings up that little quick thing. Um Bet Midler keeps jumping in every now and then to start singing songs, which uh, her? I thought was was nice. They kept telling her to go away. It's only one eye, but it's open. At one point, I think she's saying that she wants a a, a foot long hot dog and some lemonade, which I thought was just <laughs> um, it was very humorous seeing this Bet Midler character kept running into very the, random. Yes, very much. Um, of course, you know. They, they Yakko gets slipped a Mickey Mouse. Oh, I forgot about that. That yeah. was hysterical. We were taken in the show when somebody tried to slip a Mickey in my drink. Nice try, Bub, but I work for Warners. There's a, of course, they're bringing out the Groucho marks of uh, uh, you bet your life once again with uh, the you say the secret word, or in this case, the the nurse keeps getting the answer correct 
and of course wins a date with Wacko, numerous dates with I, Wacko. <laughs> I thought they should have won a trip for one to the Rock of Gibraltar. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Answer. <laughs> If I'm on Jeopardy and one of the questions is what is Isaac Newton, I'm going to die. She's going to just fall fall over laughing. (laughs) Isaac Newt, wait, Isaac Newt heavy? (laughs) I'm sorry, that never stops being funny. (laughs) Um, There was, uh, gosh, you know, I'm just kind of going through the thing. Of course, one of my favorite quick cameos was an appearance by everyone's favorite superhero in red underwear, and that is Freakazoid. Excuse me, am I in the right place? And you are... Freakazoid. Oh, right. No, the Freakazoid set is down the hall, third door on the right, stage 12. Blah, blah, blah. I think that it may have changed. Thanks. This is a zany episode. And now, back to our story. Uh, which, Kelly, I know you're not mm-hmm. versed at all in Freakazoid stuff, so... It's it's it it pains me. It's like you're missing out on so much. So I'm much sorry. Time. I don't I don't know. I'm, I must have been in school or something, and I just never caught well, up on it. It's not your fault. I mean, Freakazoid was just an. It was a really hard show to actually find. It not only because it was on the WB, but they kept changing the time, and it they ended up putting it like at seven o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, <laughs> and it's like sounds nobody... like how they treated the young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Exactly. I mean, it was one time when they moved it to Saturday. George Lucas said that they moved it to the black hole of Saturday night, and that killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, yeah, and it's it, that's got to be just the worst feeling when you know that your show is doomed and yet it's just slowly dying on TV. Oh well. Um, uh, Doctor Scratch and Sniff does a Peter Lorre impression, which uh, oh yeah, when he did it, I thought that sounds like Peter Lorre, and then I thought it was funny. Like that's the worst impression of Peter Lorre I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, they, well, I really liked everybody. How it, it was like they were in a movie, you know? They were everybody was playing a part, you know, in this in this detective film, and they kept you know basically saying you know stop your boy, you're terrible at your lines and things like that, just breaking the fourth wall constantly. It was it was really good. Here they are, all the great cartoon ideas you'll need for your new studio. Uh, we don't want them. You see, we, we have our own, you know, brilliant ideas. <sighs> uh, art, you know, or life imitated art in this cha- in this case, because DreamWorks' first cartoon was, at least I believe, their first film cartoon was the movie Ants with a Z. Jeffrey Katzenberg left uh, Disney and told them, like, okay, let's come up with ideas for for movies to make. And he said, well, there's this movie that they're making over at Disney right now about ants, the, you know, Bugs Life. And he said, let's make, let's do something like that. So the movie Ants, I believe, came out, if not right before, it came out right after A Bugs Life. It's not as, it does not hold up. <laughs> Z was just another face in the crowd until the day she came into his life. Hi, want to dance? Absolutely. What on earth are you doing? You know, why does everybody have to dance the same way? You know, that's completely boring. It's no fun. It's super common for movies to come out with very similar movies at the same time because what, like Dante's Peak came out about the same time as some other volcano movie. Yeah. Armageddon mm-hmm. came out about the same time as was it Deep Deep Impact? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There was yeah. Red Planet and Mission to Mars oh, came out like yep. the same time. 
Yeah. And so you really get kind of this idea with at the end of this episode, how the writers were really commenting, you know, they were, (laughs) they saw this kind of back and forth, uh, stealing of ideas with the different studios. And I, so I, I, I guess really what it really comes down to is how, uh, how cool that was that they, they were able to get that, you know, written in and everything. So, and, and also Dr. Scratch and Sniff looked a lot like Judge Doom, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> really, really did. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he reminded me of uh, the bad guy in uh, Indiana Jones, too. The, in his outfit. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. That's his name. <laughs> He's a melting totally. Movie. Totally. They have, a, they have a candle that it melts and then it like looks like it's his face and then you melt it and then it's like his face melting at the end of the movie. And surprisingly, I don't own it. Probably because I would have to face the conundrum of like, do I burn it or do I not burn it? <laughs> Tot- I used to have the, the first nightmares I really remember as a kid have to deal with Indiana Jones and Tote specifically. Like I thought that like Tote would... I had like nightmares of Tote coming in and stealing my parents or something like that and and locking me up in a door, a room or something like that. Um yeah, that guy was just he creeped me out. Such a I just I loved him. Yeah. My mom would be like, I can't believe you're watching the end of this movie. It's yucky. And I was like, Oh, it's so cool, it's melting Nazis. <laughs> well, uh guys, let's talk about any of our favorite that was, you know, pretty much all the, the references I could find, but uh, Nathan, let's uh, go with you because uh, what were some of your favorite moments in this first cartoon? Oh boy, it's just—it's a lot of fun. Um, I liked Ralph was funny reading the script the whole time. Uh, by God, sir, I'm a guy who likes talking to a guy who likes to talk to a guy what plays the bongos that likes to talk. Have you got issues? The nurses, uh, hello nurses, catchphrase that she has now is very good. She gets to say that lots of times, which is fun. No, 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 no. She um, said it. She said it at least once or twice on previous episodes. Um, yeah, I think she like, said it like in um. Oh gosh, what was the one where they were waiting for Doctor Scratch and Sniff? It was Variety mm-hmm. Speak. Variety Speak. I think she yeah. says no, 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 and I, and it really, really was funny. Ever <laughs> say yeah. it over and over again? No, 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 no. It's a great line. Um, uh, the the uh, Yakko talking about uh, being politically correct, uh, calling sisters or whatever, like that's before uh, people were woke or whatever. The <laughs> <laughs> All He-Man detectives call women sister in the politically unaware decades preceding women's liberation. Well, and then Dot, Dot, Dot he was talking to her. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, uh, really great. But yeah, as you said, the animation is a little off on some scenes. But um, I think the quality, like the quality of the dialogue and everything, uh, well makes up for the animation. So. Mm-hmm. And there's some there's some uh, little bits of adult innuendo <laughs> mm-hmm. dropped here and there. I mean, there's the booby prize and uh, mm-hmm. the <laughs> giving the bird, giving the bird, and oh yeah, and, and of course there's I a. With a lot. They did. And there's this one part where, um, you know, when Yakko and Wacko first jump into Hello Nurse's arms and they squeeze her and her, her you know, bosom just kind of squeezes, and boos, you know, bounces out a little bit right there. So, um, and they were totally checking out her butt. Oh, yeah. For the being tailed part. Yeah. There we go. So, yeah, there was, there was a lot of like, you know, things, but again, it's just like, oh, gosh, it, it, 
it really it it pains me when the animation is not as good as we're used to seeing, especially in an episode that's written this well. If you just listen to it, it's great. <laughs> and there's a there's a few moments where they just the Warners look exactly the way they should, but there's other moments where you're like, ooh, that's they look off, but whatever. Anyway, uh, that's that's mm. about it for that one. I mean, it's a, a, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, obviously, Tom Ruger has a, a big affinity for the Maltese Falcon. I believe when we talked to Nathan Ruger uh, and his brothers Luke and Cody, Nathan had said that the first movie, one of the first movies that he remembers seeing with his father was the Maltese Falcon. He saw that as a, at a young age and then seeing like, oh, okay, this is kind of like, you know, shades of gray of, you know, characters. Like, it's not always... The good guys aren't always the the best guy in the world, you know? And the, just the very fact that they, they pulled a film noir movie to parody um, is commendable, I think. It's always nice when they do that stuff just to make kids question, okay, what am I seeing? <laughs> Would you do that no, no, no thing again? No, 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 no. I love that. I guess let's go ahead and move on to our next segment, which is called Star Truck. Hello, listener. This is Jess Harnell, the voice of Wacko and Animaniacs, and you're listening to Cast, which is the best thing you could possibly listen to, especially if you're not wearing pants. I'd love to go on talking to you, but I can't because I've got a potty emergency. See you later. And Star Truck was written by Earl Cress, and it was directed by Adu Payton. And Nathan, what happens in Star Truck? All right, well, the year is 2995, and Animaniacs, the Warners, are in space. Uh, To be specific, it's uh, Star Trek, uh, basically. Um, I think they got zapped into the actual TV show or something. They never really quite explain it, but somehow they know all the characters already, and the characters don't know that they're part of a TV show. So they're going around uh, using the restrooms. They're giving Scotty donuts to make him fat. Uh, they're pushing all the buttons. And then they uh, um, even uh, causing Spock to kind of turn into a Warner by saying kind of Warner catchphrases. And uh, then uh, when Khan comes, or Corn in this case, mm-hmm. uh, comes to attack the whole ship, uh, everyone's knocked unconscious except for the Warners because they've seen this episode before. Uh, they then smash his ship with a giant mallet, and when uh, everyone comes back uh, awake, uh, the only thing the Warners ask is not to be sued. So it's very nice. Uh, then they leave, and uh, just in time for uh, Pinky and the Brain to come and take over the universe. And I think that's the whole episode. So another crossover right there with the kids WB, <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. coming in. We have Freakazoid and then Pinky and the Brain coming in. Um, yeah. First of all, I think I gotta we gotta point out that Maurice Lamarche does like a tour de force performance in this uh, this cartoon. He did like half of the half of the crew of the Enterprise in this one. Um, did uh, <laughs> the, the, Captain Cork, Mister Spork, and Mick Bones, which was very impressive. Uh, Frank Welker does Squatty and uh, Corn, <laughs> Corn spelled with a K like the band. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And and uh, so, you know, I'm not too uh, familiar with uh, with uh, the, the original Star Trek. I've never been a Star Trek person. I've been a Wars. I, I love the Wars more yep. than the Trek myself. Yep. But I'm familiar enough with Star Trek enough, like, you know, 
you know, you know the characters. It's almost impossible not to know these characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pop culture at this point. Right. Um, and, you know, I've seen like the the more recent like J.J. Abrams, like two out of the mm-hmm. three of the, more, of the most recent ones. So, you know, everybody knows these characters. You, you saved us. How can we ever repay you? Promise not to sue us. Promise. Captain Kirk holds up a little tub and he says promise and on the container it says prom is iss and i was like what is that and uh, apparently william shatner used to do commercials for a margarine called promise margarine back in the 1970s so there you go Cholesterol levels of many Americans are too high, but for a group of people in New Jersey, cholesterol went down. They joined in a total dietary program to reduce cholesterol. Less fats, lean meats, egg and cheese substitutes, and highly polyunsaturated foods, including Promise Margarine. Promise is highly polyunsaturated. The results? Their average cholesterol level went down. Down significantly. And Promise tastes like butter. Promise. Uh, what, is, what are those things called an alien? The xeno... The aliens? Xenomorphs or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the aliens yeah. and aliens. <laughs> uh, no, the xenomorph. Uh, you could see like one of those little icons on the bathroom. So, you know, just in case they have a xenomorph come in, uh, it knows where to go. Uh, they had... Uh... Well, doesn't Dot keep one as a pet? Oh, she does. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. You never know. So I guess they did have one in the <laughs> somewhere. She hasn't shown her pets in a very long time. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? Whatever happened to that old gag? That only happened in like the first ten or fifteen episodes, and then went away. Oh well. Um, mm-hmm. The there was a a red shirt guy, one of the uh, crew members who the first one to hit the floor uh, when the gas <laughs> starts going is just a random crew member wearing a red shirt. And of course, you know, as we all know, if you have, if you're wearing a red shirt in Star Trek, uh, you're doomed. You're gonna, you're gonna get. Killed. You're expendable. Yes, very much. But you know, you know the whole thing of Scotty like eating a bunch of donuts, of course, because he got very fat later on in his in his later days. Scotty, sugar, I have just two words that are going to be very important in your future. Okay, hon, Jenny, Craig. Um, which I don't even know if it's still around anymore. I'm sure it isn't. Some. I haven't heard of it in a long yeah, time. I think the last person I remember who dealt with it might have been maybe Carrie Fisher. She had a, 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 either with Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, I forget. But Yeah, I always get those confused. Yeah, they're basically, basically I think the they might have bought each other out or something <laughs> at this point. But anyway, um, of course, I'm in perfect physical shape, so I would never need that. Um, that's why I don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> they mentioned, I mean, there's other references to other Star Trek episodes and movies, like, you know, the one with the whales, and they, you know, sit on a tribble, uh, at one point and uh, you know so some little mm-hmm. cool stuff um but that's pretty much it all the ones i could think of the, you know off the top of my head uh what do you guys think uh kelly what was what were some of your favorite moments of this uh cartoon i thought the triple was funny um you know very uh, i won't say obscure because everybody knows what trouble is but it it happens so quickly you could almost miss it yeah and he just, he just like picks up this little little ball and um i was like i think that was a triple um it didn't even look very furry but but i was like i know what that is and um 
right. I thought the donut bit with Scotty was kind of mean, actually. <laughs> um, mm. I mean, I, you know, maybe I'm just becoming too politically correct and that kind of stuff was funnier back in the 90s. I don't know, but. Mr. Squat, energize. Ah, hey, I'm gonna reach. I was like, aw, what, I mean, but did, um, did they do a similar joke, Nathan? Like on the Simpsons with I can't like the yeah the re- Simpsons did a, the same joke of I can't reach the button. I think that was like even before this one, like in '92 or something. Yeah, yeah. Again with the Klingons, Mr. Scott, give me full power. It's no good, Captain. I cannot reach the control panel. And then of course, um, Kirk or whatever his equivalent was in this episode, it was of course took me back to karaoke doki and. Ba ba black sheep. Oh, have you any wool? <laughs> that also never stops being funny. <laughs> yes, it was Captain Cork. <laughs> they had to Cork? change Cork. Yes. Uh, Cork. <laughs> what about you, Nathan? What are some moments that you liked? Um, uh, I liked uh, Spock or Spork. What is his name? <laughs> Spork. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny uh, saying uh, hello, nurse, and uh, Fabu, Captain. Uh, <laughs> Fabu, Captain. Just uh, cute. Um, and yeah, just lots of fun little uh, Star Trek references. Uh, Korn, I've seen Wrath of Khan, so that was fun to see him, how he looks just like the movie. Like I mm-hmm. saw that one as a kid, and all I could ever remember was like something weird and creepy went into his ear. Yeah, that's at the very beginning. It's I was like, oh no, that's... Ugh. That's all <laughs> I took from that movie. <laughs> and I was like, it's the guy from Fantasy Island. So I knew that. <laughs> Ricardo Montalban. Uh, I know him from uh, Freakazoid, of course. From Freakazoid, yes. They are Gutierrez on uh, Freakazoid. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban actually voiced uh, uh, a character there on Freakazoid, Kelly, by the way. Yes, it's true. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> a major, uh, the, and, yeah, the main they talk villain. about it at Freakacon. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check out, check out that. Freakacon. Facebook.com slash Freakacon. Anyway. You know, one thing I, I saw in the in this in this Star Trek one was uh, when they go up to Squatty, uh, Wacko says Squatty, 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 and <laughs> and of course that was like the potty emergency kind of line. Potty, 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 potty. That was like okay, that's that's cute. Potty emergency is such a you know huge episode of uh, of Animaniacs that most fans would get that. I'm sure. I would hope so. Yes. Okay, well, let's go. You're ahead. not a true fan if you don't. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> let's let's start doing that on this show. No. Yeah, oh boy. There's <laughs> enough. There's enough of that all all the internet right now. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Star Trek one. I think again, the thing that the only thing that really hurt this one was again the animation of the Warners was still mm-hmm. a little off. I mean, it was I think a little bit better than the other one, but it was still distracting at times stay tuned for these words from our lovely sponsor way to kiss up dot according to legend general grievous was known to boast of the number of lightsabers he had acquired from the bodies of his slain jedi enemies grievous was the first in a long tradition of collectors of rare items a tradition that continues to this day on the Retro Zap podcast known as the Dork Lair. Dork Lair. 
Hey, Robert, why should people listen to another retro gaming podcast? You mean our cast, David? We do have to keep this short, you know. Yes, well, I guess we should start with the fact we celebrate old school video games. And we have awesome guests and game giveaways. Don't forget that. Plus our game show and your favorite segment, Random Select. <sighs> Don't remind me. Are we done yet? Listen to our cast, another retro gaming podcast, part of RetroZap.com. Finally, back to my beer. Well, let's go ahead and talk about the next segment, which is a it's a short little segment. It's called Go Fish. And Go Fish was written by Paul Rugg, and it was directed by Otto Payton. Directed, gosh, he directed uh, almost every segment on this episode, on this uh, cartoon episode mm. today. Uh, anyway, uh, the synopsis of this is basically Wacko is playing Go Fish in the water tower with a very uh, difficult opponent because the other person playing with him is himself. So Wacko, I think we've all known this for a while has, has mental issues. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He has a split personality disorder and he's going back and forth and gets into the huge fight with himself. You cheated. What? I said you cheated. Did not! Did so! You're a cheater! I know you are, but what am I? A cheater! I am not a cheater, you're a cheater! Mr. Cheater! Me! Why, I order! Lord, I'm worried about the beaver. He eventually gets out of the cloud of dust which is still going on behind him, which is, this is probably my favorite part, gets out out of the cloud of dust, hits the cloud of dust, and of course ends up hitting himself on the head when the cloud of dust uh, goes away. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much it. I think he apologizes to himself, and then they say, let's play a different game. What game do you want to play? War. And ha ha ha. <laughs> That's the end of that uh, short little segment. Um, I don't know. What do you guys, I mean, the only cultural reference I could really think on this one was one to uh, Leave it to Beaver. I don't know. I, I didn't really watch Leave it to Beaver too much as a kid. It was on Nickelodeon, but even it was it was more of the one of the more boring shows, uh, in my opinion. I like Dennis the Menace and Mr. Ed and stuff, not, you know, Leave it to Beaver. That's just me. Um, what do you guys think? I liked, I liked Leave it to Beaver better than Mr. Ed. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. I just liked, I don't know why I liked Mr. Ed more. <laughs> Maybe it was more like the original. Mr. Ed is like the plot of the, it was like Alf, <laughs> like the original Alf. Like, come on in here and, and the horse will talk and, oh, he won't talk around other people. Maybe it was like Michigan J. Frog, but with a horse, actually. <laughs> now that I think about it. Anyway. Uh, what do you guys think? What are some of your favorite moments of this uh, brief cartoon? I really liked how uh, he would wait till the last second to dodge the cannon bullet, the uh, cannonballs that he tries to shoot at himself, which is cute. And then uh, hitting himself on top of the head with a mallet was very funny. So, yeah, Kelly, what about you? I just it it kind of took me back to when I was a kid and I would play a lot of games by myself, and you know I set up the Monopoly board and kind of moved each side of it and buy property from myself um which is really sad when you think about it because i have three siblings <laughs> and um i they just never wanted to play board games or anything with me so chess i'd play by myself and monopoly and it was great when i got a nintendo and you could play monopoly against a computer component oh yeah 
that opened up my world. <laughs> I had that game on Nintendo. <laughs> um, I still have it somewhere. Yeah, I have. I have like a version for the Wii or something like that. The best thing about those is that you don't have to worry about putting the pieces away afterwards. You're like, I'm done. Oh. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, I used to do the same thing, Kelly, but it would, like, I'd have like, uh, and even though I have, you know, three other brothers and a sister at the time, I was just like, um, I'd have my Fisher Price tape recorder and I would do my own little radio shows and I would go back and forth between different characters. And at one point, my mom, when I was done doing my little, uh, interview with some surfer dude or whatever it was, my mom said, I was wondering who was in the room with you. Because <laughs> she just <laughs> overheard me talking back and forth with somebody. So I guess I had something very almost exactly the same as Wacko in this regard in, talk, in actually physically talking to myself. Uh, Nathan, what about uh, anything else with you, Nathan? No, just, yeah, again, just, yeah, very much like playing games by yourself at home. I'll play Dominion by myself sometimes, and it's fun. <laughs> Which is another card game. So. Ah, well, yeah, certain games like you can play by yourself. I used to play War actually by myself because it it you, there's no, it's just chance. It doesn't matter, you know, mm-hmm. who it is. So yeah, I would I would actually play some certain games by myself like War and stuff like that. It's just hey, it's I guess it's just what kids do. Even if you're not the you know you're the only sibling, if your siblings don't want to play with you, well, this is what you got to do. <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get to the next uh, little segment. Right now, we have a quick Randy Beeman segment. Hey, this is Colin, voice of Randy Beeman's pal from Animaniacs, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. Okay, bye. And in this one, Randy Beeman talks about the time where <laughs> Randy Beeman faked getting really hurt. One time, Randy Beeman put ketchup on his shirt and fell over in the driveway acting like he croaked, and his mom, Mrs. Beeman, she freaked out with screaming, and he laughed because he was a tricker, and she grounded Randy Beeman for 30 years. So, yeah, Randy Beeman is still grounded to this day. <laughs> Poor guy. Don't do that to your mom, though, kids. That's That'll, that'll teach you. It was a cute little short uh, Randy Beeman segment. Uh, anything you guys want to say about this one right here? I miss uh, Colin. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while since we've seen him. So yeah, and I think good. there's only one more time that we're going to see him. Right? There's only I think I think there's only mm-hmm. one more Randy Beeman segment after this. Um, I know uh, Kelly. Anything that you really stood out for you? No, I just thought it was funny. Yeah, it's just it's it's cute. Again, this was one of the better ones too. I thought. Uh, I'm pretty pretty sure that I probably put ketchup on myself and pretended to be bleeding. As a child. <laughs> no, I used to. I think I used to take. I think I don't know, Nathan. If this, I, I don't know if I just did this to our brother Nick or if I did it to you as well. But in high school, I was like obsessed with trying to like do uh, black and white pictures and stuff. And I heard that like in old black and white films, they used to use chocolate syrup for blood. So I would like experiment and like put chocolate syrup all over my. Like I'd say to like Nick or Nathan, like lay on the floor. I'm going to put chocolate syrup over your face. <laughs> and I have these pictures somewhere. Maybe it's Nick. I have like chocolate syrup like coming out of his mouth or something like he's dead on the ground. <laughs> I don't know. I don't so know. creepy. Yeah. Hey, uh-huh. it's, what I, it's, it's what you do when you're an adolescent. I, I think of the, 
fun sibling. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. Hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think of the Penn and Teller trick with the the um the milk packets or whatever the oh, creamers yeah, creamers. That you get yes. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to learn how to poke, look like you poked your eye out. But yeah, I was really <laughs> obsessed with gross and bloody stuff. Uh, Harry Anderson, who just died recently. Uh, did one of my favorite bloody jokes or bloody um, magic tricks, I should say, which is the needle through the arm. And I used to do that one in high school um, <laughs> to people. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I was a weird, I still am weird, but I was a very weird high school <laughs> kid. Uh, and I liked uh, gross stuff like that. Uh, well, anyway, and yet I hate. I can relate. Yeah. And I hate horror I films. I mean, I liked, I liked melting Nazis. So, exactly. I mean. Not every kid in my class was into that. I don't know. Yeah. I was like, you need to watch Indiana Jones. Yeah. I never watched horror films, but I loved kind of gory, fake stuff like that. I just. No, I was obsessed with Freddy Krueger. Ah, uh, see, I don't know. Anyway. Well, let's go ahead and get to our last segment right now, which is called Multiplication. This is Randy Rogel, and you are listening to the Animaniac Cast. And Multiplication was written by Randy Rogel. Yeah, we should, you know, I know I said this last week, but we should really get him on the show. That was like two weeks ago, but yeah. Two weeks ago. Yeah, (laughs) you're right. And I was so, you know what? I'll tell you what. If all goes as planned, everybody, we're going to have Randy Rogel on next week. That's right. If you you just close your eyes and wish for it really hard. Yes. Yeah. Um, Have you actually made any plans to that? Or you're just assuming he's listening and that he'll... We have made plans to talk to... (laughs) We have made plans to not only talk with Randy Rogel, but also Tom Ruger at the same time. And we're going to have a discussion (laughs) about music of Animaniacs in our special episode coming up next week. And if you're listening to this episode on Sunday there's a chance that you might still be able to get in some questions for Randy Rogel and Tom about the music of Animaniacs, whether it's a specific song or just, you know, about music in general on the show. So you can send those questions over to Animaniacast at RetroZap.com, or you can tweet us at Animaniacast or send it to us on Facebook as well. We're Animaniacast over there as well. So a very exciting episode coming up. So tune in next week. Anyway, Multiplication, (laughs) written by Randy Rogel, and it's directed by Liz Halsman and Al Zegler. And Nathan, you're the math major, so you you majored in mathematics, right? I I have a minor in math. Okay. I majored in engineering. Okay, you're a a major. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you still know more about mathematics than I do, so you get to talk about this one. What happens here in Multiplication? All right, well, the Warners are back in school, and uh, they're being taught by none other than Miss Flamille. Um, she's teaching them all about math, uh, a- asking Wacko why, uh, what what happened when an apple fell on Isaac Newton's head, or Dot, what, what happens if five cookies are taken from her ten cookies. And uh, she asks Yakko to uh, perform some uh, multiplication on the board, uh, she wants them to multiply 47 times 83, which uh, sounds like a song cue to me, says Yakko. And he starts singing the multiplication song. Um, if you don't already know multiplication, you're not going to understand this at all. Even if you do <laughs> know multiplication, you probably won't understand this at all. No, it's a, 
they try to make it sound kind of confusing, but if you pay close attention, you may understand it. Seven times three is 21, which as you know, is just two tens plus one. And so we put the one right here and we carry the two one left to the top of the tens place right next door. And we put it on top of the number four, which is really four tens that we multiply times three in the ones place. And that's why we now have 12, which we add to the two that we carry to get 14. See how easy that was? Oh, it's multiplication, it's math education. Hey, Albert Einstein said that it's so easy to do. It's simple, it's breezy, it's fun and it's easy. Just buy a calculator, you can multiply too. The answer is uh, 3,901. So <laughs> you can also just get a calculator and figure it out later. So there you go. Yes, and as I found out in college, like, you need a calculator. Like, there's no... <laughs> When I got into calcu- mm-hmm. when I got into calculus, it was just like, yeah, we're we're past the point right now where you have to put your calculators away and do this in your head or write it out. It's well, you need you need the calculator yeah, to help you even, along. They don't even care about the number. Like they're like, yeah, and it's forty seven times eighty three. Like whatever. Like it doesn't matter what that number is. It's just it's more like, can you get to that point where you know that you know that it's just forty seven times eighty three, and then. So it's it's all the other work is the actual work. It's the thinking. Well, and it's fun. Yeah. Well, Nathan. Yeah, math is fun for Nathan. Math. You know, Nathan. That is subjective. Yeah. Well, Nathan still helps out our sister with. She's a senior right now in in high school, and he skypes with her and helps her out with math every now and then. So, Nathan, tell us what do you think about this episode, and, and, and would you like Yakko Warner to be a math tutor or not? Uh, I don't think he would be a great tutor, but he would make it fun, I think. So I guess that's one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, he seems to know what he's talking about, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. He'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> they had some, you know, and as you mentioned, they had some cute little gags right there before the math lesson even started. It was nice to see Miss Flamiel once again. Kelly, what are your thoughts about this episode? Or a cartoon, I should say. Well, we all have talked about the animation quality a couple of times. And I thought, well, this segment was the only time in the episode that it really stood out to me. Because y'all seem to notice that more than I do. But I, there was some points where Dot's eyes seemed to be going in all sorts of different directions. And not in a funny, good way. It's like, she just looked weird. Yeah. And that was sort of distracting. And, and I did try to follow the math. And I, I was so lost. I was like, I... I think that's probably the right answer. I'm just going to assume that it is. <laughs> but how he got to that, it's not the way that I would have done it. But um, but I majored in English. So there you go. My, my sister had to help me with math in eighth grade algebra. So I uh, I struggled with that. Uh, still pulled out a B. So awesome. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, um, I liked the song. I thought it was really catchy but as far as explaining math i'm not quite sure about that <laughs> it's a uh, featured in oh gosh now i don't even know what cd it's featured in I, I i'm guessing it's in variety pack um in this in the soundtrack version of this on um, whatever cd it is the music again is a little bit different i think like the the first breakdown of uh the the conga kind of music is a little a little brassier in the CD. I, I like the CD version a little bit better. It's simple, it's breezy, it's fun and it's easy. Just buy a calculator, you can multiply too. And now the second 
Kitchen. All right, guys, well, let's go ahead and get on over to our water tower rating. What do you guys think? Out of five possible water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Nathan, let's start with you. I'm going to say four and a half, I think. It's, I'm not going to degrade it too much for, uh, you know, for the animation, you know, it, I could bring it down lower. But I'm going to say four and a half because it's overall just really good episode. Um, and yeah, just I wish the animation was better. All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to basically say everything that you just said, four and a half. And I totally agree with every single thing you just said. Uh, Kelly, what about you? I thought about going four and a half uh, because of the animation, but no, I'm going to go five because Spielberg. There you go. I was like, you can't be going lower, Perfect. can you? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Gotta put it up to five for Spielberg. So. Spielberg outweighs it all. Now, let me ask you, Kelly, Frank Welker's impression of Spielberg, that whole, uh, you know, little thing that he does. Do you think that's a good impression or do you think... Uh, because he does do no. a little no <laughs> i mean yeah you obviously know who he's impersonating and, and you know and because it looks like spielberg too or you know at least a much younger spielberg because he doesn't look quite like that now but um yeah i i don't think spielberg really stutters and, and speaks like that i mean i've seen him in enough interviews and and things he's pretty well spoken but um, I don't know. I mean, I can't. I can't say as having spoken to the man myself yet. Someday. <laughs> exactly. Someday. There's a guy I'm friends with on Facebook that just started working at Amblin. So. Whoa. Okay, we got the hookup. Now. We so, got the yeah, hookup. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm like, I I can send him a letter to get him to send Spielberg. You know, like make sure it gets into his hands and just be like, "Hi, I love your movies. You're awesome. Thanks." <laughs> Let's talk about Animaniacs. Uh, <laughs> no, that'll be... <laughs> yeah, the re yeah, the reboot. Yeah, we've yeah. Got, I've got some ideas. Yeah, exactly. I've got some good ideas. We don't want them. You see, we, we have our own you know, brilliant ideas. Okay, well, now that we've done our Water Tower ratings, let's head on over to Nathan for our Animaniacast poll question from about a month or so ago. <laughs> so, Nathan, um, what was our last Animaniacast poll question? Oh, when we were young. It was, uh, <laughs> which of these is the best variant verse? Uh, and the question, the uh, choices were Hydroplaney, Penny Laney, No Pain, No Gainy, and uh, that's that's not me not thinking of one. The actual choice was, uh, uh okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Hydroplaney got 10 uh, Penny Laney got 16%. No Pain, No Gainy had 17%. And the winner was uh, with uh, 57%. <laughs> yeah, there is no contest with that one, which I, I can't blame him for that one. I think, did, I, if I'm not mistaken, when we first talked with Tom Ruger about variant verses, I think that he said that that was one of his favorite ones. So um, mm -hmm. I think it just, it just stands out because it just goes against the model of <laughs> every single one of uh, rhyming with animani, you know, just like do this thing. Um, and that was one that he had written way back before the show had even started. And so yeah. it's nice. Yeah, he wrote a lot of these. Of, 
You, you wrote a lot mm. of these variants, mm. uh, no pain, no gainy, and everything like that. That's all listed in that uh, little thing that he sent over to us of uh, original lyrics. So, yeah, gosh. Uh, Kelly, uh, what about you? What, what was your favorite variant verse of all those? I thought the uh was really funny. Um, very unexpected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Nathan, what was your favorite of those? I voted for uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so much fun to say. I voted for uh. Right? That's <laughs> <laughs> what a lot of people can say when they leave the voting booth. I voted for uh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really want to vote for either one of them, but I voted for uh. Uh, well, Nathan, let's go ahead and get to our poll question for this week. What do we got? All right. So the Animaniacs are coming back, folks. I don't know if you've heard, but what? they will be back in just a couple of years. Uh, so, hey, what if they had like an Animaniacs crossover from another cartoon? What cartoon uh, crossover for the Animaniacs would you want to see? So the choices are like Tiny Toons, maybe? Or uh, how, what about Freakazoid? Or, hey, uh, Family Guy, why not? Because we have uh, some connections there, too. So what kind of uh, future Animaniacs crossover would you like to see? Uh-huh. Well, um, that is a very interesting question. I don't know if many people will vote for a family guy. but You can give Spielberg as an option. Spielberg. And oh, yeah. Let's put Spielberg in there, too. Yeah. I like that. We'll have that as a fourth option. Fourth this option is put Spielberg in. There Yay. we go. We're putting Spielberg in. When in doubt, always put Spielberg. You only vote for one. So it's... <laughs> It's going to be hard. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of the reboot, since we're we're on that subject real quick, there is a little bit of uh, Animaniacs reboot news. Uh, one of the uh, you know producers, directors of the uh, the show, or actually, I shouldn't say producer, but one of the directors of the uh, upcoming reboot uh, announced on Instagram uh, or and or Twitter that she would be involved in the show, and that is, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly but it's jessica barutsky that's jessica b-o-r-u-t-s-k-i and you can actually uh check out her instagram page for a few of her animaniac sketches she's put a few a couple up on her instagram as well as uh some of her older sketches as well and she actually worked on the looney tunes show that was out a few years ago on cartoon network it's a really good um Looney Tunes show. I, I liked it a lot. It was very sitcom-esque. Um, it, it, but the animation, it looks, you know, it was traditional uh, Looney Tunes style for the most part. I mean, some little things were stretched here and there. The I will say this about the design of uh, Animaniac sketches that she's putting out right now it really jives with what we've come to know with the characters. So those you know, people who are a little maybe concerned that the Animaniacs will look like Family Guy. I don't think you really have anything to worry about, at least right now, uh, from those little sketches that she's putting out of like Dot and the Warners. Uh, it's going to look very much the way that we're used to. So at least that's something to look forward to. So that's nice. Well, let's go ahead and get to, um, I guess, our contact information. Yeah, let's do that. So, Kelly, where can people get in contact with you online? When I log on, uh, I can be found <laughs> on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Uh, I haven't been on it much lately, so message me and uh, I'll probably log on again. 
And um, <laughs> you can also email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right. And Nathan, what about you? I'm always on Twitter. I'm on Twitter right now. I am <laughs> tweeting like crazy. Um, I just delete my posts immediately, so you may not see any ever. Uh, but just know I'm there and I'm listening. Django FT, that is me. All right. And as for us on the Animaniacast, you can see us on Twitter as well and Facebook. And of course, you could email us, which is Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. Uh, oh, and uh, hey, I'll be over at uh, Phoenix Comic Fest in about one month in May 25th. Head over there to uh, see a Star Wars panel with uh, me and my buddies Jason and Kyle. We're going to be talking about the solo film as well. So there, there's a way you can get in contact with us as well. You can uh, you can get in contact with me in person over there. Uh, but of course, over at RetroZap.com, we are proud members of the RetroZap Podcast Network. And RetroZap.com has 21 podcasts in all, dealing with all elements of pop culture and Star Wars and and superheroes and just everything. So you should subscribe to the RetroZap feed over there on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher of choice. You can catch this podcast and every single other RetroZap podcast for free, delivered right to your device. It's awesome. Well... With that, I think it's time to wrap things up. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying, Good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. No, 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 no.